welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, um, all that good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Josh Barlow on the line. He is the managing director and founder over at Valhalla Fiduciary LLC. Uh, Josh, welcome to the show. Great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate being here, chatting with you. This will be good. I'm I'm really excited to get uh, into what you're doing in terms of fiduciary services because um hot topic, but not everybody yeah. uh, understands exactly what fiduciary, uh, fiduciary is or fiduciary services. So I'd like to get into a little basis of that and then also what you're doing over there to help your clients. Um, but before we do that, let's go back in time a bit. So how did you get started as an entrepreneur? Sure. Well, out of school, I was a CPA, worked at one of the large, uh, one of the big four accounting firms, uh, focused on financial services, asset management, was an auditor, audited one of the, well, it was the biggest asset manager in the world at that time. Great firm, could have stayed there, had a good career, um, but an opportunity came my way to join a large asset manager that focused in hedge funds. They were building their operational due diligence program and, and asked me to come in and help them to do that. Part of that structure was going to be that I would spend a few years in their European office running the, the operations and business there. And so it was just a, a great opportunity. Went for it. I was, I was with them for 12 years. I was the head of operational due diligence and accounting there. And honestly, an incredible firm, great culture, um, great people, smart, could have been there my entire career and, and have been happy. But ultimately, the the entrepreneur bug just ate at me to to do my own thing and to to launch a business. Ate at me for a while, and I, I felt like I could could start a company um, that uh, I could do work that I loved doing, and I thought there was uh, some areas that I could add value to the industry. So made the decision and went for it. And frankly, it's been a, that was a year ago and it's been a, a really great year. doesn't mean it's easy by any means. Um, of course you, you work hard, but it's been a great year and haven't looked back. I, I really love your story and there's a, a real specific reason. Well, it, it aligns with mine a lot. So I work with a lot of, of, of large companies and was very happy there. And it wasn't that, you know, I left because I wasn't. So my story wasn't mm -hmm. maybe common in that sense. And your your story's uncommon also, I would argue, um, based on the fact that you didn't leave for any particular reason other than you felt like you really needed to. You could have spent your whole career that I could have spent my whole career with many of the large companies I worked for. They were amazing and they do amazing work. Um, but I, and I think there's a lot of other people listening to this that are in the same situation. So a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs mm -hmm. that have been with some companies that are experienced, they have great networks, they maybe have the cash flow to, to fund it themselves, or maybe they can raise funds. But um, what are some, and you're, you're in the thick of it right now, being, you yep. know, having started, um, what are some of the, what are some of the things that you would, you would share with them on, on maybe their path and that you didn't maybe see at first? I know you had a lot figured out, but okay. all, there's always something we're not looking at. <laughs> Uh, no, no question. I, I've learned a ton, but you're right. You you think hard about it 
ahead of time. You feel like you have a, a plan in place, and, and you should, right? And, and you, even as you go into it, you want to make sure you have time. You want to make sure that it's a long game, right? And so if, if you're planning to do something that's going to be like something real quick, you think you're going to like get rich quick type of a thing, you probably want to rethink that, right? And so you, you want to make sure that, that you have some patience, you know that you have time, because it's a long game. It's going to take a little bit of time to build. So I, I knew that going in, and, and I expected that. Um, things, things I guess you would not – maybe you should expect this as well. But even though you have a plan, you still should be open-minded, right? So have a definite plan, but then you you still talk to as many people as you can. You listen to people. You're always learning from everybody. But when opportunities come your way, don't just immediately say no to them, even though maybe it wasn't your plan, right? Because – you might end up finding some great opportunities that you didn't anticipate. And maybe that's even likely to happen. Um, so I guess that's one of the things I would say is that even though you have a plan of attack, still be open-minded as you, as you go down that path. Oh, I love it. I mean, I think that, that's great advice and not just for that more senior and tenured um executive but i don't i think that definitely translates even to your new college grad so somebody that maybe thinks they have some things figured out and um, they're going to get some curveballs along the way and it really comes down to how they deal with that and to really just making sure that you learn from from those experiences um not, i love it uh josh let's talk more about uh, your current business so First off, and I, I want to do something a little bit different because I don't, I'm not, I, I know the word fiduciary is, is a hot topic for many. Uh, so let's just start with um, maybe the basis of what a fiduciary is and how Valhalla is helping in, in those services. Let's just start from the basic and then um, go a little bit further into it, please. Sure. And, uh, and I should I should say I'm in a pretty specific piece of it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm focused in really the hedge fund industry. You could say private funds. I, I could do PE as well. But my, my career has been focused in hedge funds. And so that's mm -hmm. really where, where I'm bringing fiduciary responsibilities, which for me is really acting as an independent director on fund boards in the hedge fund industry. And so mm -hmm. fiduciary means a lot of things um, just in the general business concept. And, and so there are, there are lawyers that kind of focus in fiduciary services. I'm very much focused in really governance in hedge funds. But fiduciary ultimately means that you're putting the client ahead of, of, the, ahead of anything else, right? And so um, what, what you want, what you desire, that's secondary to, to what's best for the client. And so in the hedge fund industry, the offshore funds are set up usually as corporations. Onshore funds are usually set up as partnerships. Um, but the investors in that fund, ultimately, you make decisions that are best for those investors. And the legal documents are, are paramount. How the fund documents are written drives that as well, um, but you're putting them first. The investment manager also has the same fiduciary responsibility, um, but the independent directors that sit on the boards of those funds, in, in some ways, the investors look to them to kind of be a little bit of the watch, watchdog and watch guard over what happens there and make sure they're even kind of more independent from that investment manager and protecting the investor's interests. So hopefully that's not, not too 
complicated, but my, no, my business is pretty specific. It's pretty niche. That yes, makes that a makes lot sense. of sense. And no, absolutely. And uh, so, what kind of trends are you noticing currently in the hedge fund in the hedge fund space? Because you're sitting on the boards. I mean, you're 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 in the, you're in the thick of it. So this is a good opportunity to kind of get that bird's eye view, if you will, of what's going on. Sure. Well, you hear a lot about hedge funds, right? There'll always be a lot written and and the the structures sure. of them and the performance of them. In general, in, in the private fund industry, there's more invested in it right now than there ever has been, regardless mm-hmm. of what you might read. Private equity mm-hmm. has more in it than there ever has been. And hedge funds hit their all-time high last year, and that's been pretty consistent at about like $3 trillion. And so the industry's matured a lot, right? And so with the maturing industry, some of the themes you see are, are you have fee pressure, Right, so so fees are coming down, and you have fee pressure across all of the service providers in the industry. You have the larger funds are getting larger. Um, it's harder for the emerging manager. It's harder for the startup manager than it that it has been in the past. Um, there's also a lot of the fund of funds that were in this space have have um, decreased in size. There's been some some shrinkage there across the fund of funds. A lot of the fund of funds were the ones that invested with the startup emerging managers. So that's put some of the pressure on the emerging manager as well. Um, so those are, those are some of the kind of the broad themes you're seeing. Um, but mm-hmm. the industry, the industry is strong. You know, it, it's maturing. Like, like, you, like I said, you'll, you'll always read about it. Um, mm-hmm. It's attacked a little bit because of the, the fee structures. Um, and then we've had the 10 year, 10 year bull market. And so, Passive investing has been much stronger than than active investing, and none of us ever know exactly what's going to happen in the markets. Um, but there's certainly been more volatility lately. Some people do think that that maybe there we could enter a bear market, and so volatility and bear markets are usually better markets for hedge funds. Um, so that could create more opportunities in the industry. But those are some of the the general themes that, that I see out there. And keep in mind that my, my focus is really on the operational side. I grew up mm-hmm. on the accounting and the operational side of the business. So the portfolio management side of it um, is less my, my thing. Um, I'm much more focused on the, the operations pieces. Do you think that the um, a lot of maturity of the industry or some of it is attributed to those operational pieces, like in legislation, like all those all these things in, in the natural maturing of the industry? I have to I have to feel like that has had a, a lot to do with it, or am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. I, there are two two things I think drive has have driven change in the industry. One of them you pointed out, regulation, right? Even though they're private vehicles, they still are regulated investment managers still are regulated. It's just not as regulated as your 40 act mutual fund and like uses mm-hmm. in, in Europe. The other thing that drives industry is the investors, right? The institutional money that has come into the industry drives it. And so exactly as you said, that makes it become better operational. And so, so when I was first looking at funds in like 2005, 2006, the industry is much different now than it was then. Um, you people joke like, uh, you know, a dog and, and a Bloomberg type of a thing. That's not how it is anymore, right? You have mm-hmm. very large hedge funds that are very much institutional. They're not just one man that 
that's kind of the name behind the fund, they're large. Um, and operations is a big piece of that. Operations becoming more standardized, um, best practices becoming implemented across the industry. Um, so it's improved a lot. Oh, man, that would have been a great uh, Instagram title for an account, a dog in a Bloomberg <laughs> for back well, in the day. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, no, I get it. Uh, and I can I can see that, by the way. And I and I think the institutional, I mean, if we think about it, though, that's, that's really um, taking place also in other sectors of just investing. If you think of like the 401k mm-hmm. world, if you yep. think of a lot of the funds, a lot of the different regulation, once, you, once bigger money is at play and institutions are involved, um, it, it, it should mature, and, and it is, so that, that's hopeful. Um, on the operational side, is there any, is there any um, I mean, trends, or what do, you, what do you see, like, the future of that looking like for hedge funds going forward? The, uh, on the operational side, you know, it'll keep, it'll keep improving. I would say that there is a big trend toward outsourcing, and that might be mm-hmm. just part of how the industries uh, mature as well. There's more mm-hmm. providers in it, and that's become more acceptable. So you even will have some large um, hedge funds that might outsource operational pieces or outsource accounting. That used to just not really be seen. And so you now have um, big managers that might do that, and you'll also have small managers. And so even though I pointed out earlier that it's been a tougher market for the emerging smaller manager, in some ways it's easier because mm-hmm. you might you might not have to build a ten person team just to launch your firm. You mm. could build a very small team but hire very strong firms to outsource, you know, your accounting to. And you can and, and there's providers for almost everything across the industry. You have compliance consultants that can mm-hmm. help you with the regulation. Um you have IT consultants that can help your firm with IT infrastructure. Um, and I mentioned you have like outsourced accounting and middle office operations, and so that's that's a pretty that's a pretty big trend that's happening on the operational side. On the governance side, where I sit, uh, most of my competitors, whatever you want to call them, most of them are offshore. Most of them sit in Cayman Islands or sit in um, BVI, some of these offshore jurisdictions. One of the trends you'll see is more people like me that are from the industry that have, mm-hmm. have been been as an investor or been at a at a large asset manager will start taking board seats from the U.S. I think you'll see that trend. But so some people will talk to me about what what I've done and act like, oh my gosh, that's a that's a brilliant idea. Good for you. That's not that brilliant of an idea. Um, you, you'll see you'll see it happen more and more. That doesn't mean it, that it's easy by any means, um, but that that's a trend you'll see. And and it's not that the offshore directors are poor. It, that's not necessarily the case. But better improved governance is a trend that'll that'll keep happening. And some of these trends I'm talking about are some of them are more U.S. focused. Um, mm-hmm. The improvement of governance has really already taken place. Um, for asset managers in Europe and Asia, um, the U.S. has trailed a little bit on that. And some of that's historical tax um, issues, mm-hmm. um, but those are some of the those are some of the operational trends you see out there. No, that's great. Um, so, Josh, if somebody wants more information on Valhalla um, fiduciary, what's the best way for them to reach out? The best way is 
probably just to go to the website, um, which is www.valhalfiduciary.com. A short way to get to it is just valfc.com, but valhalfiduciary.com, and, and that'll send you to the site. Awesome. Well, hey, Josh, I really want to thank you for uh, coming on the show today and uh, sharing your background and also various trends in the hedge fund industry from uh, from many different angles So from your vantage point. So I really appreciate that. Um, to the listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really appreciate it. And Josh, thanks again for coming on.